Morning Melbourne, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to traditional custodians of the land we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Well, Jono, it's great to be back in 2024, our first episode of the year. Uh, before we get into some of our focus this year, obviously around the Australian Open kicking off here in Melbourne Park, um, as well as a couple of big footballing tournaments and the NFL wildcard weekend. How was your summer holidays? Uh, you went back over to America and saw your family. Uh, enjoyable? Of course. I mean, always going back and seeing family is great. And then getting a little bit of a weather change, escaping the heat a little Definitely. bit as well, was uh, fantastic too. No, it was good to have a couple of weeks off, but it's great to be uh, back and obviously talking about all the great sporting uh, events uh, that are kicking off, uh, especially here in Australia. But before we get into that, Jono, um, plenty of sporting headlines and highlights over our time that we were taking a little uh, break at the end of Definitely. the year. Uh, what were your top three summer uh, holiday sporting highlights or headlines? Yes, I realized that uh, mine were all in some way a little bit of a departure, a bit of a theme. Um, so I guess kind of kicking off, it happened a little bit more recently, but realistically the departure of three big names in the footballing world, yep, so that's yep. Gridiron, um, so NFL, and also Collegiate, uh, as well. So the, the parting ways of Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots, which is massive. Pete Carroll with the Seahawks as well, which is massive. And then also Nick Saban from Alabama University as well, which again is massive. So you're talking about three legends of the game in terms of what they've been able to achieve all separately, all very winning, yep. all have such realistically, uh, you know, Hall of Fame type of career and everything like that. And all parted ways um, actually, on the same day as well, which is quite, which is quite shocking too. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, we're saying goodbye to them for right now. Bill Belichick potentially uh, might still, you know, linger on with another team yep, or something yep. like that. I think he should just retire completely. Um, Pete Carroll is taking on another role within the organization. Nick Saban looks like he is actually retiring completely from coaching collegiate uh, football as well. And then secondly, another one which, you know, unfortunately he just returned to the NBA courts, and that's Ja Morant, is unfortunately out for the season with the season-ending injuries with a lumbar tear to his shoulder. So it took him 25 games after his suspensions from last year's um, gun escapades yep, yep. Um, to actually play in the NBA. It looked like he was going to bring the Grizzlies potentially to actually make a playoff run. They're playing some great basketball right now. But unfortunately... Um, his shortened season has become even shorter because he has been confirmed with a season-ending injury that will sideline him for the rest of the year. Yeah, a bit of a pity there. Definitely. And then lastly, um, it again is a departure, uh, but sometimes we have sponsors that just seem like it, it embodies the athlete and everything, and that's Tiger Woods parting ways with, with Nike. Nike. 27 um, years? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible what you think. You just think of, like I said, some athletes just really actually go hand in hand with a yep. brand. He's one of them that you probably would have thought signed a lifetime deal, just like LeBron Similar James and Jordan and Jordan as yep. well. So you would have thought that that happened. So it's quite crazy to think of him not in those Nike ads and everything yep. like that. And his red shirt with the, just yep. the single tick there. Yep. Yep. Um, so it'd be interesting to see now what he's going to be doing and everything because it's just so iconic himself and Nike. And it's again, it's one of those few players that you just really associate them with the brand um, as well. So it's a, a big, massive parting there. And I think 
potentially as well. I mean, look, I know he's not in his heyday in terms of winning every major and everything like that, but you got to say that he still was able to bring in a lot in terms of the golf apparel and everything like that for Nike, uh, for Nike as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens for both sides as well moving forward. Yeah, significant relationship coming to an end there between 100%. Nike and Tiger Woods. For me, Jono, a bit of local flavor to start with, and, and David Warner, the Australian test opening batsman, uh, retiring and playing his last test match for Australia against Pakistan at the SCG. Um, but I guess it ended really well. He scored a 50 on his last innings, guiding Australia uh, to that victory in a clean sweep of the series. But um, yeah, definitely. a huge position to fill now for Australia. Steve Smith will be stepping into that opening yeah. position uh, against the West Indies, the series coming up this week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Steve Smith goes. He says he wants to do it and he's yeah. been... Uh, talking about doing it uh, potentially for, for quite a long time. So let's see how that goes. But I know David Warner's been a divisive character in some parts, especially with his uh, play in that whole South African scandal, the ball tampering scandal. But yeah. there's no doubt he's been a, a great batsman for Australia. And his record speaks for it. So uh, congratulations to David Warner for his career. Um, a sad story out of football, John, and quite a big story out of Germany. Uh, legend Franz Beckenbauer passing yeah. away. Um he had been uh, unwell for, for a while, passing away at 78, so, so not yeah. too old, I guess, in terms of when you think about uh, his age, but Jono, what an amazing player. Obviously, we didn't have the privilege to, to watch him, uh, but multiple Ballon d'Or winner, World Cup winner as a player, World Cup winner as a manager, won the Champions League with Bayern Munich, um, and obviously made that club, Bayern Munich, the club they are today, the modern giants they are today, but... A true great, Jono. Yeah. I know we bandy that word around uh, a lot, I guess, especially in modern days when we're yeah. describing players. But this person, this this player, uh, a truly great player. And I think you'd find in most World 11s, when, you, when you're putting a World 11 He's together of, of all players, I'm pretty rare not to find Franz Beckenbauer in your defense. And he really revolutionized that sweeper role. Uh, when it comes to to modern football as well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like like you said, we didn't see him live or anything like that. But in terms of looking at footage, the way that people talk about him too, and and, and the way that he changed the game essentially, absolutely. So you got to give credit to that. And as you said, even just from a resume perspective, what he's been able to, yeah, what he was able to achieve is just absolutely incredible. And you're right. Whenever anybody who has seen any of those players in those times brings out a starting eleven in terms of your best eleven to ever play, he is always there, right? So it's just these, let's say, modern-day people who didn't have the luxury of being able to watch him and everything like that that probably wouldn't put him there just because they don't really know. But if you kind of look through the history books and everything, absolute legend and impacted the game so much, so much for what... Uh, we have essentially today in, in modern defending. And he's also credited for bringing the World Cup to Germany in 2006. Yeah. I know it's a little bit shrouded in controversy in terms of bribes that he possibly took yeah. uh, to get that World Cup. So I guess that did tarnish his reputation a little off the field. But when we look at his on-field record, John, a, a true great of the game, and, and he'll be sadly missed uh, not only in Germany, uh, but in the football community worldwide. 100%. So we wish... Um, all German fans, and I know they've been celebrating his life over this weekend as, as the German leagues resume. So, uh, true great in Franz Beckenbauer. And my last story, one from a little bit of the left field, but a Chinese chess scandal, John. I don't think you'd ever think you'd hear of a chess scandal, uh, but the world of Chinese chess is, was brought into uproar uh, over rumours of cheating and, bad, and a bad behaviour scandal, which saw the national champion stripped off uh, Zheng Qi, 
who had been who was hugely popular over in China in terms of the chess world. Um, and he won the national championships, but was stripped of his title later after defecating uh, in public in his yeah. room after yeah. celebrations went a, a little bit too uh, overboard, I guess. And also, he was forced to address rumors circulating online cheating or online that Yan had cheated during the competition by using anal beads equipped with wireless transmitters to send and receive signals while he was playing. I mean, John, this story you think would just so has been strange. made up, yeah. but it's all true, and and the world of chess has been brought into a disrepute. I guess um, in any sport, no matter the uh, the way you cheat, eventually <laughs> you'll get found out. However crazy and weird and and just strange this whole situation is, shows that you know not even that yeah that that sophisticated of a yep. plot to. To, to, to cheat your way through and too much celebration. It honestly just sounds all absolutely ridiculous, but um, crazy in the world of chess right now. Um, yeah, and we'll uh, just, I don't, I don't know how any other story really tops what just, you know, how that occurred. Yeah, Yan allegedly clenched and unclenched rhythmically to communicate information about the chessboard via code to a computer. Now, based on the understanding of the situation, you know, apparently it's impossible to prove that Yan engaged in cheating. But he was stripped of his title and banned from playing for a year after his celebrations went wayward. Way yeah. Obviously, Absolutely after defecating crazy. in the bathtub of his room. So Yan, uh, I guess you just got to settle down after winning these Chinese national championships. I know enjoy you're excited, but enjoy your time off. You're an idol to these people, yeah. and, and you can't be doing that sort of behaviour. So hopefully, yeah. the world of chess recovers after after such a scandal. But uh, I thought quite a story to come True. out of from the summer True. holidays. Well, John, as we said, uh, top of the show, one of the biggest, I guess, sporting events uh, globally, as not only uh, here in Australia, the Australian Open, the first tennis major of the year, has already kicked off, starting a day early. So starting on the Sunday here in Australia, rather than traditionally the Monday, which is when it's usually kicked off. And John, already some huge storylines out of the tournament starting, and also even before the tournament began. Obviously, the sad pullout of Rafael yeah. Nadal. We thought he was going to be back. He looked pretty good very in good. the lead-up in the good. Brisbane International, but pulled out due to a micro-muscle tear. Uh, but in players that have returned, John, great to see uh, Naomi Osaka making her return after, obviously, taking some time out of the game uh, due to, obviously, giving birth and, and working through her own, I guess, mental struggles, as well as seeing the return of Carlos Alcaraz, obviously the highly rated Spanish player, yep. um, number two in the world, uh, certainly a player that, that could defeat maybe Novak Djokovic, who looks like he's obviously the man to beat. Yeah. Uh, but Jono, some exciting players returning to the court, and it should be, again, an amazing two weeks here. Yeah, I mean, look, first and foremost, I am really sad that Nadal has essentially pulled out because he did look really good in that first kind of opening tournament to kick off what could be his essentially big kind of yep. retirement tour yep. and everything like that. And look, as I said in in my predictions in the earlier episodes and everything, I actually had him potentially winning one as a bold prediction. And this kind of uh, unfortunately uh, makes the odds a little bit harder, but unfortunate for that. But then on the flip side, as you point out, you have players like Osaka and Alcaraz as well who are now coming back on both men's and women's. Yep, yep. And those are two very, very heavyweights of the game too. So you you have these two players that are essentially on the beginning stages of their career realistically and even in Osaka's stage as well, still early on in her career yep. too. So now that have the opportunity to just flourish as well. And I would love nothing more to see both of them just make a really, really deep run. In Osaka's case as well, she has an opportunity too to be 
uh, to really shake up the field because she's going in unranked, right? So she's going to be able she's to gonna play. Be a dangerous she's going to it's going to be hard for her because you're going to play that many more ranked opponents. But at the same time, no one's going to want to play her. No. Whereas a little bit different on Alcaraz's side because he is already at a higher seed, so he's coming in, you know, in in, in a normal position. Um, but it, great to see them both essentially return to the top tier. Um, and I, I do see them both making pretty deep runs as well. Well, we'll know with Naomi Osaka, uh, by the time this podcast goes to air, we'll know if she's got through her first round against 16 seed Garcia from France. So a tough first round uh, game for her, John O. But we saw defending champions Novak Djokovic on the men's side and Sabalenka on the women's side. Yep. Good wins. Djokovic obviously was pushed in a four set. 18-year-old Croatian really gave him a game. He won in four sets in a touch over four hours, while Sabalenka was just brutal in her uh, demolition of her um, unseeded player as well. So, Jono, defending champions looking like they're here for business, and they obviously will not be giving up their titles lightly. Yeah, I mean, both of them are going to be a force to be reckoned with. As you even said, like, Sabalenka just looked really, really uh, good. Well, 53 right? minutes. Yeah, just, just, just in control, just the power, yep. um, the, the way that can, she can control the court as yep. well. Um, and then on the flip side, look, Djokovic had a little bit of a struggle, but then it just decided to turn on and say, hey, I'm Novak Djokovic. Level. I'm going to be able to just go ahead and just turn this on and win when I want, right? And that's the scariest thing with him um, is that ability to just, even though he might be two sets down, you're not going to count him out because no. he's going to be able to come back within within and, and make it quick and easy as well. Within seconds, it seems like he just you walk away for a little bit and then all of a sudden he's back in it. Um, I see him making a pretty deep run as well. Same with Sabalenka as well. I mean, I, 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 there's not many people I think that can really knock her. It's going to be about endurance, I think, at that point. Um, whereas Djokovic, it's kind of hard because he has that endurance. He has the power. He has the pace. He's the complete player. Um, so it's going to take a very, very strong player to knock him off and make sure that they are on top of their game and they find a fault in his on the day. In touch with the Americans, Jono, um, obviously a strong contingent coming uh, down to Melbourne Park this year. Hold much hope in regards to a few of those Americans making a deep run. We know on the women's side, um, plenty of good contenders. Obviously, Coco Goff, one of those uh, players who will be looking to go deeper than she did last year. Jessica Pagula as well, yep. um, in that top five seed. So uh, plenty of good American talent here, Jono, and plenty of hope for American tennis fans as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I still would say that there's a bigger opportunity for American women to probably go yep. farther than the men. I do think that we have a pretty good pool, though, in terms on the men's side. You it's know, a from, growing pool. Yeah, from Fritz to Paul to Shelton to yep. TFO, and then the list kind of goes a little bit further down from there, but still some pretty good talent. Um, where I think they can potentially shake some things up. Yep. Uh, do I see, let's say, uh, two Americans in the final? No. Do I see maybe one reaching, let's say, the semifinals or quarters? Probably. Right? At least at least the quarterfinals, I would say one would at least be there. Whereas in the women's side, look, you could have an argument to actually see, you know, um, uh, Pagola and Coco Golf both making a very, very deep run yep. because yep. they both are so well. And we saw actually, Coco win her first round, very convincing, look really good. Yeah, yeah, so the confidence is there. Um, it'd actually be great to see them both go really deep because they're both doubles partners as well, the two of them as well. So it'd be great to see them he go head-to-head -head at some point um, and then the next day have to back it up in doubles together as a, as, as a pair. Um, but I do see them going a little bit further than, let's say, the men's at this point in time. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised having a men really shake up and at least beat some of the top yep. seeds. Maybe not go all the way to the final, but at least shake some things up. And I think from an Australian perspective, it'd be great to see Alex Demonor, yep. uh, number 10 in the world, um, Obviously, 
his highest ranking ever in a real battle with Milos Raonic as we speak. So yeah. uh, when this does go to air, we'll know if he has made it through that first round. But it'll be great to see him, I think, for Australian tennis fans as well, make a, a deep run. And, and good to see some of the other young men, Popper and as, as well, and um, some of the other young Australians uh, making a bit of an impact here at Melbourne Park. So I think, John, we're going to be in for amazing two weeks. Luckily, I will be down there yep. on the weekend uh, to see firsthand some of this great tennis action and some of the best tennis players in the world. And as I said, it's always a great event and, and we look forward to, to seeing um, how this first week unfolds. Talking about big tournaments, John, a couple of massive football tournaments kicking off uh, over the weekend. We'll start with the African Cup of Nations. Obviously, uh, this is the African equivalent of the Euros. And already, Jono, some interesting results. Nigeria drawing with Equatorial Guinea, 1-1. Nigeria yeah. coming into this tournament, one of the hot favourites. Victor Osman leading the line. We know the Napoli uh, hitman. While Egypt needed a late equaliser draw with Mozambique, 2-2. And Ghana defeated by Cape Verde, 2-1. Jono, I feel like the African Cup of Nations is one of those tournaments which always throws up some big results yeah. with, against teams that you think are going to go deep. And again, already in the first round, we've had some uh, interesting interesting results yeah I'm, I'm actually more surprised by nigeria more so than even egypt i yeah. i'm not fully convinced right now by egypt um nigeria though i think they should have been able to handle that that should have been easy in terms of the players that they currently have in terms of the form that they have yeah. that they're in right now as well um but then even something like Ghana as well, losing. Ghana is typically, especially me as an American, know how strong Ghana is, how many times the Team USA have come up to come up against them historically. They're always a team that people might count out, this, that, but always very, very strong, especially early on in tournaments yeah. too. Yeah. So it's quite surprising for that. But as you said, I do think this tournament more than more so than others always has a couple shock results. Yeah. Not just one or two, but we're talking like actually a handful of them that yeah. just come up and they come up early as well. Um, so I think it just it, it just shows that it sets a it sets a tone that no team you can right now back as an out and out favorite at the moment. You can put your you know you can put a couple names up. Um, but I don't think there's an out-and-out -out favorite at the at this current point in time. And obviously, good to see Ivory Coast kicking off the tournament. They're oh, hosting it this yeah, year and winning. Uh, come out with a two-nil win. The other big tournament, John, on the other side of the world is the Asian Cup in Qatar, and we saw Qatar uh, open the tournament with a three-nil win over Lebanon. Uh, we'll have a look at Australia. Also started their campaign with a two-nil win over India. Jackson Irvine and Jordan Boss getting the goals. John, Australia were never truly tested in this game. A little bit flat in regards to, to probably creating the amount of chances they would have hoped so, but they dominated possession in the end, was a relatively comfortable victory over an Indian team that tried, but obviously lacked that real quality to challenge um, this Australian team. Yeah, look, it's one of those things that, you know, you just walk away with three points, yeah. especially in tournament football, yeah. and you can't harp on it too, too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree as well. I don't think that they played the way that... I don't think they'd be out and out happy with the way that they played. And even Graham Arnold said after the game that there's so much improvement in this yeah. game and his, the expectations um, are a lot higher than what they showed and, in that first game. And even so, like, I mean, the game could have been extremely different in the first, I think it was like 15 minutes or so. India had a very, very yep. open chance as well. And that could have been... It, it could have been a very different game than at that point. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's... The, what you take away is that you got three points, right? Yeah. That's that's what you have to take away at this point and just move on from it. Um, if you're India, I think you wouldn't be overly disappointed with the way. I mean, yeah, you, you didn't do great in terms of build-up or anything like that, but you also still were able to hold Australia to 2-0. Yeah. You had a couple open opportunities yeah. as well. 
Um, but I think it would just be working on some possession as well and just kind of building it a little bit more next time. We also saw heavyweights Japan open their tournament 4-2 over Vietnam, yeah. Jono. Uh, Brighton star Teiko uh, Minamona uh, getting a couple of goals there. Um, and then obviously the other big, I guess, heavyweights in this tournament, South Korea uh, kick off their campaign against Bahrain, coached by the former US coach Jürgen Klinsmann. Yeah. And we know Son um, obviously headlining that team. So Jono... There's some big teams in this in this tournament. We saw Iran defeat Palestine four one. I expect Iran to be strong as well. So, uh, plenty of good teams and plenty of teams that could potentially uh, take this tournament out. Definitely, um, I think that there's that handful of top tier talent, um, and those are the ones that are going to go far regardless. Um, and they're going to be the ones that it's going to get real, real difficult once it becomes, I think, quarterfinals and onwards. Yeah. Because. I don't think there's too much separating each one of those no. kind of top handful of about five or so. Um, there's not too much to really separate those ones. Yeah, no, it's going to be an intriguing tournament. As, as I said, we'll keep definitely a close eye on this as it uh, progresses close to those knockout rounds. Before we get to our five quick questions, Jono, I thought we should cover the NFL wild card weekend round and some huge results, Jono, in the first week of the playoffs. Uh, the Lions defeating the Rams, the Cowboys Gone. The Dallas Cowboys always promised so much oh. and fell again short to the Green Bay Packers. The Texans with a massive win over the Browns. And the Chiefs, probably the most in terms of talked about game in regards to the conditions they were playing in, uh, too good for the Dolphins. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was one of those games that, uh, technically speaking, in, in, in Celsius, it felt like 32 degrees, but it was really negative 20, or sorry, negative 32 yeah, degrees, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Celsius, and then that was the feel-like temperature, and it was actually negative 20 degrees Unbelievable Celsius. Unbelievable conditions. Um, you saw Andy Reid's mustache actually was a little <laughs> yeah. bit frozen and everything yeah, like yeah. that. So um, crazy conditions, and unfortunate for the Miami Dolphins because um, I don't think they're, they're ready for those types no. of conditions. No. Um, they actually had a statistic that they had a very much, I think, l- uh, almost losing every game that was 40 degrees or under as well this year. So clearly a hot weather team. Yep, yep, yep. Um, And then we still have some more games as well that are to be played as well. Um, you know, you even have a game like Buffalo Bills game, which has actually been moved because of the, the, weather the snow there. as well. And they're yep. actually paying fans as well to come out and shovel the snow continuously to make sure that that field is cleared. Um, so incredible scenes there. And then, of course, I think another big one that everybody should keep their eye on is, is the Eagles versus the Bucks as yep. well. Yep. The Eagles look like probably the best team in the NFL a couple of weeks ago. And then slowly, I think the last four weeks or so, really started to drop some form. So it'll be really interesting if the Bucks can really capitalize on that. But overall, it's been so far really exciting as well, I think, the wildcard weekend. Um, it just really tees up to just show that it just – it doesn't matter about regular season form. There's a different mentality when you head into the playoffs or anything. Um, and I think that, you know, in particular, the Packers showed that against the Cowboys as well as the Texans over the Browns as well, which was fantastic to see. For you, John, who do you think was the most impressive in regards to the showing we've seen so far in the wildcard rounds? Yeah, I got to say the Texans, um, for sure. Brutal. They were really, really good to be... Uh, led by a rookie head coach and also yep. a rookie quarterback as well. Yeah. Um, I think is absolutely incredible. I mean, they do have who will most likely be offensive rookie of the year as well as actually defensive rookie of the year as well on the other side too. And then potentially, you know, um, I mean, if they make a deep run, could be, you know, head coach of the year as well, coach of the year as well in terms of to have a rookie head coach um, make such a good run as well. So absolutely incredible for the Texans. Um, and I think that, that, that city really needed this as well because they've uh, not been so well, as well as, 
the the Lions as well. I think it's been 23 years since they've gotten a playoff win. Yeah, huge. Um, so hats off to Detroit Lions as well. It was the battle of the ex-quarterbacks with uh, Jeff Goff being used to be yep, on the yep. Rams and then Matthew Stafford who used to be on yep. the Lions who they got traded for each other. And on this instance, uh, golf and the uh, Lions were victorious. No, certainly some great storylines have come out of the, of the wildcard round so far. And as you said, a couple more games to go uh, before we go into the divisional rounds um, and the second week of the playoffs. Well, as always, John, we'll end with five quick questions. This week, we'll both answer them. Australian Open edition. So some predictions uh, ahead of, obviously, the tournament in Australian, or of the Australian Open, which has already kicked off. And we'll start with question number one, John. Pretty simple here. Who wins the male championship this year? Yeah, look, I'm going to have to go uh, with Alcaraz. I, I can't look past it. I know Djokovic is going to be up there, but I can see something happening where I think it's going to actually be like an Alcaraz Mevedid or something like that. Like it's going to be, it's not necessarily going to be Djokovic up there. I see him not getting knocked out, probably in the semis or something like that. But I think Alcaraz is going to be the one who, not, who takes it home. I think that's a really good call. But I'm going to go with my heart here, John, and go Stefanos Tsitsipas. Oh, Obviously, I'd love to see Damon or make a deep run. Oh, but I'm going to go the Stefanos Tsitsipas to finally oh, break through. We know the heartbreak of losing last year. He's going to go one step better this year. No way. Uh, not as much expectation maybe on him this year. Uh, so let's see how the Sitsa Pass goes in Melbourne. Number two, Jono, who wins the ladies or the female championship? Oh, you went your, with your heart on that one, so I'm going to have to go with my heart with this. My girl, Coco Goss. I oh, know, I don't see any be issue with that it. one. Has to be, has to be her. I mean, look, it's not going to be easy. As I said, in particular, Sabalenka as well is not going to be easy to get through. No, no, no. Um, but i gotta give, I got to give my girl Coco another little nod. Let's get another one there and, and start this career off to a very hot start for her and, and hopefully a long career of just winning multiple, multiple uh, Grand Slams. From a Greek perspective, I'd love to see Maria Sakkari yeah. have Could a deep it. run. And, and she played well. She got through her first round. But I can't go past Iga Swatek. I just think she is just – she's the number one player in the women's game at the moment. And yeah. I think she's set to potentially win it. Um I mean, a final between her and Sabalenka will be something special. But um, or Coco Golf. Or Coco Golf. I think <laughs> I think the women's tournament is is really open. I think there's a lot, a few, uh, a few players there that could really go deep and, and win it. Number three, Jono, we did touch on this in terms of comeback stories. But who do you think makes the biggest comeback story this year out of either the male or the female um, in terms of some of the returning players? Yeah. Look, I mean, I think the obvious one is going to be Osaka on the yep. women's side. Um, I think that's it's just it's it's just there for the making right now um, for her to be able to just make her own path. But I don't necessarily see her going straight to the finals or anything like that. I see her going deep and that will be deemed as a success, I think, for her right now. Um, and I think that's that's okay. Whereas I think for Alcaraz on the other side, I think going to the finals is the goal. Whereas the difference is, so I actually think Osaka has more where it's just going deep and I think will be more successful in that. Yeah, I think obviously Osaka is is the major storyline when it comes to to comebacks. The other one is Wozniacki. I know she's come back from from having a baby as well. So um, again, unseated. So again, could potentially uh, be a dangerous floater uh, on the female side in regards to some of those comebacks. Number four, Jono, a little bit of prediction here. Who is the most likely top five seed uh, male? not to make it into the second week. We haven't had any dropout yet. We had the seventh seed uh, female, Marketa uh, Vondrasova, drop out today. Uh, but top five male, Jono? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be Ruble. He's going to yep. potentially. Um, I just, I, I haven't been overly convinced. I think yep. he's kind of in that for me. 
Um, even Sinner's in there as well. Titsipas, Zarev. I think they're in that group that I'm not overly convinced by that group of Can they get, of make talent. that next level? Yeah, I think that they're kind of in there where they're they're, they're almost there, but not consistently enough. Yeah. Um, and just because I can't root against my Italian Sinner, no, so I'd have to, I have to go there. Well, I'm going to go slightly different, but I'm going to go Yannick Sinner. I like him. But just looking at the other three players, you know, Djokovic, Alcaraz, and Medvedev, I just they're, think all three of those yeah, players, yeah. even though we did say last year Medvedev got knocked out True. earlier than some predicted, True. but I feel like he'll he'll be on a mission to, to try and obviously avenge that uh, early defeat last year. And fifth question, Jono, uh, same for the females. Of the top five seeds in the female draw, who do you see potentially not making that second week? So it pains me to say this, but I might go with Pagola. Mm. I think that sometimes she's hit or miss. Yep. Um, so if any, if I was going to have to actually place a bet or something like that, I would potentially say there's a greater opportunity for her not to, to not to essentially move on, just because sometimes there's some inconsistencies. The difference is though, when she is in her game, I think she's absolutely fantastic. But there's those few times where I've seen it just seems to just all come shattering down. So there's that opportunity to have a hiccup there. I'm going to go one of the top three seeds in the women's set, and Ribekina, Elena yeah. Ribekina from Kazakhstan. Just because I know there's so many dangerous floaters in the women's side of the draw, and I just can see potentially one of the really high seeds going early um, on that side yeah. of the draw because of the talent uh, in that side of the in that side of the draw, and obviously. Uh, in the female game at the moment. So I'm going to go Rubikina, potentially, uh, to be the first uh, big seed uh, to be depart uh, in the women's game. Well, as always, John, we'll obviously keep a close eye uh, on the Australian Open. Obviously, we'll report back next week. Um, I'll be down there during the weekend, which would be lovely to see close up some of these some of the best players in the world. Um, and it should hopefully, John, be an amazing tournament. Definitely. Um, here's to everybody who's battling off for the Australian Open title. First uh, Grand Slam of the year, and let's uh, make it a good one. That brings the end of our first episode of 2024. Thank you for your support, and good night. <laughs>